You are listening to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, your go-to source for unlocking your true soul purpose and unleashing it into your business. I'm your host, Coach Holly Marie, and I'm a reformed old-school business strategist turned spiritual business coach. I'm now helping you to tap into your spiritual power and build it into a business that not only changes the world, but brings you abundantly flowing money while you do it. Stay tuned for an epic show ahead and be sure to share your listening experience on Instagram, tagging me at Coach Holly Marie so I can share the love. Now, grab your crystals, light some sage, and let's get hunting for purpose. Hello, hello, my beautiful listener. Welcome back to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. Today, you've got me, myself, and I for this solo episode. And it's a bit of an episode that, quite frankly, is still a bit of a jumble in my head. I am definitely a manifester who is in a rest cycle, hanging out over here in my own little bubble. I'm feeling physically quite tired at the moment. I really am struggling to um, connect with my creativity, to connect with people and engage with the world around me, as is the trademark, I guess, of our rest cycles. But this message is, is urging itself to come forward in this format, in this podcast. So I am trusting that the message is coming at the right time. And please bear with me for any moment that I'm not quite articulate, any moment that I need to kind of backtrack or check myself with what I'm saying. But um, what I really want to talk to you about is this, this fusion point. There's this real kind of little crossover point, I think, personally in my journey over the last year, really throughout 2020. And this is the crossover of the energetic identity of being a manifester and everything that that entails with, you know, the way that we operate in the world, how we function in business, how we function in our families, the things that we're drawn to, the things that we need to do to understand ourselves and manage ourselves. And then also, how does that all fit into the coaching industry? How does that fit into the online coaching industry? And Admittedly, for a really, really long time, I thought that this was just my journey. I thought that this was just something about me. I grew, if you listen to an episode a few episodes back, you might you might have, you might not have, but let me give you the little rundown. Um, I moved out of my own brick and mortar business about three years ago. It was a very, very remarkably difficult experience. I, I constantly get more understanding about that as I reflect on that and, and deepen my awareness of what happened, but I took a brick and mortar business out of liquidation and in 12 months built it to a $1.2 million annual turnover business. Uh, After two years, we sold that business amidst a lot of stress, a lot of chaos, a lot of heartbreak. I was very, very sick. And when I left there, I really wanted to step into my own business again, but I wanted to do it protected. I didn't want to do it in the brick and mortar space anymore. I was hurt. I was damaged. And I chose to come into the online space and went into that steep learning curve. Because it is a real difference. Doing business in the online space is a really, really different way of doing things. So I was a newbie along with everybody else and quickly kind of found my way into coaching. 
I moved from blogging and then into a bit of self-help. And then I found my way into coaching and refined myself from being a business coach to then being a spiritual business coach, really fusing my my love and my sensitivity and my passion to spirituality and being a spiritual teacher, as well as all of my years and years of knowledge and experience in business. Um, and I really grew successfully as a spiritual business coach. Within a year, under a year, I went from earning zero dollars as a spiritual business coach to having a six-figure business, bringing in fifteen to twenty thousand dollars reliably every single month. Um, I was getting sellout launches. I had a full roster of clients. I had a wait list of clients. Um, I had coaches myself. I was part of masterminds. I was traveling, uh, you know, to the United States and going to mastermind retreats and connecting with other people. I was being sought after, you know, for my advice on these things and and being paid well for it. And at the beginning of this year, it was around uh, end of February, March this year, I came to an energetic place, a place in my spiritual journey where I knew that I could no longer ignore all of the truths that I was seeing in the coaching industry and how they really did not seem right to me, how there was a lot of um, a lot of beliefs, a lot of frameworks and and structural values that had leached through the coaching industry, and it was just kind of coiling outwards. You know, it was just sort of expanding at this rapid rate and creating a lot of toxicity, a lot of very hurt people, a lot of damaged people along the way, and and it was almost like it was this uncontrollable monster. You know, all of these things that I was seeing in the coaching industry around money, around success, around um, branding, um, this presentation of yourself as a public figure. There were so many things that I was seeing that I could just no longer ignore. I could no longer push them under the rug. I could no longer come to terms with being a participant in that industry myself, which led me to the the understanding and the revelation in that moment of epiphany of, of coming to know I don't actually want to be a coach. <laughs> and as a manifester, I don't believe that coaching is something that is aligned for our energy. It certainly was not aligned for my energy. I constantly found it exhausting. I was always tired from having to engage with people, connect with people, hold space for people, bring people into my closed energetic aura. And all of those things you know, the engagement, the connection, the holding space, the bringing people in, the explaining yourself, the constant teaching, the always being go, 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 always being on social media, always launching a new program, doing things, you know, on, you know, project six months ahead, project out all of your launches, make sure you're scaling your income. All of that was so at odds with my manifesto energy and was so triggering to me that I was constantly angry. I was constantly angry and resentful and also rapidly coming to the understanding that although I had success, success never felt good to me. That was, a, that was a great moment, a difficult moment, but a great moment of realizing the coaching industry is driven by success. And as a manifester, I don't want success. I want peace. And I was trading peace for success, receiving success, and then not wanting it feeling this sense of, of emptiness and hollowness. So I've kept that quite 
under wraps for a while. I mean, I've been very public about, um, you know, breaking down my coaching business, what that looks like. For those of you who are listening, who've been on the journey, you will have seen all of that transition and that transformation, all the messiness of it as I've gone through it. Um, and I've shared some of my, my opinions and my beliefs and my insights around all of that. But I think, you know, what I haven't shared about is really this, this fusion, this crossover of what does it mean for manifestors in the coaching industry? What does this actually mean for us, at, you know, having this, this manifestor energetic archetype and working within these difficulties and these conditionings and these beliefs and this energy of the online coaching industry? Because I feel now, now that I speak to so many manifestors, know that I, now that I have this, this beautifully rapidly growing community of manifestors around me who all come to, to learn and, and to um, understand each other, which is so beautiful. And I'm so thankful that you're all here taking in these insights. It's made me realize that that was not my own personal journey. That wasn't just me, that there are so many manifestors who are trying to make it in the coaching industry and feeling this struggle, or there are manifestors who are going through the journey that I went through at the beginning of this year, you know, having a successful coaching business and then thinking, hold on, I'm not even enjoying any of this. And I, I want to share about that. I want to share about that, but I want to I want to preface all of this by saying, if you are a coach and you are a manifester or you are you want to be a coach and you are a manifester, I am in no way saying that you cannot be successful. In fact, I'm saying that you can be successful doing this. But what I'm questioning here and, and what I'm bringing out into the world in this message through this particular podcast episode is questioning whether or not that's really the most aligned thing for you. Or is it perhaps that it has seemed attainable? Is it perhaps that you have bought into a lot of that shininess, a lot of the, the illusion of the coaching industry? Because here are the things that I learned about coaching. The coaching industry is built um, on a couple of really, really wobbly foundations, all right? The coaching industry is built on a completely unregulated framework and that gives way in a beautiful sense to a lot of very creative entrepreneurs. It means that there is, there's sort of no limitation in the online coaching industry. You can be whatever you feel called and compelled to be. It means that we get people coming through in the coaching industry who perhaps don't have the master's degree, but really do have these amazing skill sets and these amazing energies and experiences to share with people in profound ways. On the flip side of that, being an unregulated industry means that there are zero consequences and no accountability whatsoever for people who take advantage of that. And that's what we see really, really spiraling out of control. People are simply popping up as a coach and labeling themselves as a coach, as a life coach, um, who, you know, is perhaps still struggling with addiction or, you know, emotional 
patterns of behavior that are really damaging. We see people popping up as business coaches. They've never owned a business before in their life. We see parenting uh, people popping up as parenting coaches who are not parents themselves. We even see people popping up as human design coaches who, you know, perhaps have, have just gained Google knowledge on human design. They haven't really delved further into it. So There is this out of balance state in that alone. And what that does is that it creates this really kind of wild atmosphere in the online coaching industry where people can say anything or do anything with absolutely zero consequence. So there is no regulation on pricing. People can charge whatever pricing they want. They can create whatever policies they want around that pricing and around the service that they're offering. We see that in no other industry ever in the world. It's really unique to the online coaching industry. So we can see a coach who has labeled themselves as a business coach, perhaps has been going for less than six months in this new role, and they're charging $15,000, $20,000 for a mastermind, all based on, you know, the value of what I'm teaching is worth this money. But what the truth is, what the reality is, is that it's often not. So you could pay $100 to a business coach for the same knowledge that you are paying $20,000 to this other coach for simply because they put a different price ticket on it. I feel that just as a consumer in the online coaching space, that creates a whole lot of fucked up conditioning. (laughs) We, We have an online coaching industry that is built essentially on privilege. It's built on this completely white privileged belief system that we can have whatever we want, be damned the consequences. It doesn't matter if it hurts other people. It doesn't matter if we get this simply by virtue of our own privilege, right? That we have access to Instagram, that we have this unregulated ability to give ourselves a label, that we are operating within an industry that allows us to charge whatever the heck that we want, where we're in fact even operating in an online industry where we are being taught by other people how to be manipulative in sales tactics, right? This is is all white privilege. This actually is the colonial archetype. I can take whatever I want, be damned the consequences. The layer that has been added on in the online coaching industry is that it's now being whitewashed with spirituality. So now all of this behavior has grown into a monster. It's grown into a beast that has, a, a, I guess, a, like a, a coat of paint over the outside. It's got this shiny brush stroke that's been taken to all of it. And we add on terms like higher self, higher you, next level you, manifestation. You know, we're putting in all of these very spiritual terms and I'm air quoting my fingers right now. We're putting in spiritual terms that are so skewed from what these spiritual terms actually mean. But what it does is that it makes this toxicity of the coaching industry, this white privilege, it makes it so much more palatable and it makes it so much more acceptable. 
And so we each come in from the outside and we see that brushstroke, we see that illusion, that veneer, that golden ray of light over the coaching industry. And we say, wow, everything looks possible there. Look at this. I can, I can get that money that I need. I can express things creatively how I want. I can, you know, make something of myself. I don't have to be stuck in the nine to five. I don't have to be doing things the way that other people do them. And particularly as manifestors, this is so damn appealing to us. So damn appealing because first and foremost, as manifestors, we fucking hate being told what to do. (laughs) And in a job, in a role as an employee where we're constantly told what to do, we get really angry really fast and it's very hard to break free from that. And so the concept of running our own business seems amazing because we are creative We are leaders. We are visionaries. We do want freedom. We crave freedom. We crave space. And the online coaching industry almost hands all of that to us on a silver platter. But when we get into it, we quickly begin to notice that we are struggling to succeed. We are struggling to feel really good about it. Because the energy of the online coaching space is driven by our beautiful projector and sacral friends. It's the generators, the manifesting generators, and the projectors that really, really thrive within the coaching industry. The projectors have this ability to penetrate, to to see things in detail, to connect with people, to understand systems, to teach, to guide, to lead. They make amazing coaches very naturally. The generators and the manifesting generators are profoundly good at responding and engaging. They have the energy to operate in the social media space, you know, to connect, to engage, to respond. They have the ability to, you know, hold group programs, to have a full load of clients, to be constantly responding, constantly engaging, constantly lit up by what is happening around them. They are driven by completion, by productivity. That gives them this sense of satisfaction. And so immediately as manifestors, we step into this space and we say, well, I can't I can't do details like the projectors can. So I fail there. And I feel really angry and really tired when I'm constantly responding and constantly engaging. So I'm failing there. And I'm really lit up unexpectedly. I'm lit up by whatever urge comes to me at whatever time it does. And to do anything with that, I need to have a whole bunch of freedom and a whole bunch of space and a whole bunch of like quietness and silence and stillness. I need people to get out of my way. I don't want to explain myself. I don't want a sales pitch. I don't want to go out and find people. I don't, I don't want to manipulate people into believing that they should buy what I've created. I simply want to create when the urge comes to me to create. And everything in the coaching industry says that if you do that, if you operate that way, you will fail. And so you must change yourself in order to succeed. And as a person, as a manifester who did change myself, let me make you a really open and sincere promise here. You can change yourself to fit what is required to succeed in the coaching industry. And you are able to succeed. I succeeded. 
I changed myself. I behaved like a manifesting generator. I behaved like a projector. I behaved like a generator. I did all of those things. I played the game. I did all of those belief systems, all of those cycles, all of those systems. I learned all of the things and I succeeded. You know, I hit the marks. I did what we are all meant to do in the coaching space. I hit all of those metrics and it was so empty for me that it was crushing. And this is what I hear from Manny's so often now that they are struggling to keep up in the coaching industry or they are doing what they need to do to play that game, to play the coaching game, but they, they're not even feeling peaceful about it. They're, they're getting the success. They're, they're getting the supposed satisfaction and it doesn't feel right. They're looking at other coaches and saying, okay, well, as a manifester, I'm just going to do it differently. I'm going to play it my own way. I take my hat off to that. Do it your own way, Manny. Do it your own way. But what I also hear from these manifestors, which is very reflective of my own experience, is that even when you do that, there is no sense of peace. There is no sense of freedom, which leads me to believe that the way that the coaching industry is structured, the way that the coaching industry works, the toxicity that it's built on, even in its best light, the energy that is required to play the game of being a successful coach is so at odds with the manifestor energy that it is not an aligned place for a manifestor. I do not believe that the online coaching industry is an aligned place for manifestor energy. I find that just as challenging to say to myself as I do to say that to other people. Because I look back at my own journey, I look back at how much I had to put into it to create that that coaching archetype, to be that successful coach. I look at the time that that took, the energy that took, the money that that took. I look at all of those things and I I have a, a, a sense of anger at myself. This is definitely, you know, a reflection of the shadows in one of my splenic gates as a splenic manifester that... Uh, I'm not I'm not afraid of failing, but I'm afraid of being a failure. I feel guilt when I myself have been a failure. Yeah. And so it's for me, it's not a question of success or failure. It's a question of was this right for me? And if it was not right for me, then I feel like a failure. And, and so that's why it's kind of hard for me to spit those words out. It's hard for me to spit the words out and say, look, for manifestors, coaching is not an aligned place for us. And I I feel that maybe for a lot of other manifestors, that's also difficult to hear. And at the same time, I have a lot of manifestors that come to me and say, wow, I'm really kind of in recovery from the coaching space. It hurt me. It damaged me. It it really put me out of alignment. I really struggled with it. And now, now I'm in this deep rest. Now I'm in this recovery. Now I'm questioning myself. I'm doubting myself. And so I'm recording this episode because I want, I want to trigger this, this thought. I want to trigger this conversation and, and, you know, use this wisdom and use this personal experience to perhaps make you reflect on your own situation in a different light. Definitely open, open Ajna here talking. And at the same time, I want to speak to those people who, 
who have been damaged by it, those people who have been hurt by being a manifester in this coaching space, those people who are in deep recovery, those people who are perhaps still in it and are, are struggling and flailing and um, really doubting yourself and, and not sure where to go next. I'm, I'm recording this because I want to bring you into gathering. I want this episode to be a, a place, a permission slip, a sending out of love to say, I see you. And what you feel is not wrong. This, this is not about you. You are not a failure. You have not failed. You did not make the wrong decision. You have just experienced what a lot of the rest of us as manifestors have experienced in the coaching industry. And that is absolutely okay. Let this be a beacon let this be a light. Let this be, as always, in all human design, let this be a giant ass permission slip to you. <laughs> let this be a permission slip to you to say, it is okay if you want to leave coaching. It is okay if you already left because it just didn't feel right for you. It is okay if you have thought about going into coaching but just can't kind of find your way into it. It's okay if you got in there and you did one sold-out program and then decided you didn't really want it. It's all okay. Running business is not exclusive to online coaching. You can work as a business owner in the online space in a multitude of other capacities. This is not lost. This pathway is not lost. You can still do this with freedom. You can do this with space. You can do this in a way that follows your creative urges. Heck, honey, you can even build a six-figure successful thriving coaching business with staff members, with a multitude of clients, with people relying on you, people coming to you. You can build all of that and then shut it down and then walk away. You can be that manifester at the edge of the collective doing things that people don't understand, but knowing that ultimately it is absolutely right and it serves you and it serves the collective. You can do this, whatever stage you are at. And if you are a manifester who wants to stay in the coaching industry, honey, you can do that too. Know that what you are struggling with, I see I see why you struggle with it. I understand and I cheer you on. I cheer you on. If you want to keep going, you keep going. Trust yourself. Trust your instincts. Trust that you know where you need to be, doing what you need to do and being how you need to be. That is the glorious beauty of being a manifester. And we all struggle with doubt around that. We all struggle with our own sense of self-doubt. So take this message. If you're listening, take this message today. I don't know what part of your journey you happen to be at, but wherever your journey is with being a manifester and being in the coaching industry, know that this place, this community, um, join me on Instagram. I'm at the Holly Marie. There's a thriving manifester community there, but this, this community of manifestors, we see you. And we understand you inherently and we support you and we love you. Make the decisions that you need to make, knowing that other people trust you and you can trust yourself. All right, 
That is all that I wanted to say about that. I am going to wrap this podcast episode up. It's definitely a lot longer than what I would normally record. So thank you for hanging out. Thank you for being here. I would love to connect with you. So please, please, please leave a review here on iTunes. Take a screenshot of wherever you're listening to this. Share it on social media. Tag me. I'm at the Holly Marie. That's Marie, M-A-R-E-E. Um, please tag me. Please share me. Reach out. Send me a DM, send me an email. I love to connect with you, especially if you're a manifester and really just um, just love on you and just be mannies together. You know, we're a very, very special breed and we understand each other. And sometimes we just need that pick me up of being understood by someone else. So whatever you are going on to with the rest of your day or your night, I am sending you so much love. I am sending you so many blessings and so much just recognition and joy for exactly who you are. Thank you so much for being here listening and until next time, keep hunting for purpose. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hunting for Purpose. If you loved this episode, don't forget to take a photo or a screenshot, jump on over to Instagram and tag me at Coach Holly Marie on your stories or your posts so that I can share the excitement with you. We will definitely be meeting again on the next episode, but until then, keep hunting for your purpose, babe. Hello, hello, my beautiful listener, and welcome back to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. As always, I start every single episode with this immense sense of gratitude for anybody that chooses to listen. Um, I am not, I'm not a details person necessarily. I'm not a projector that is always watching how many people are listening and how many people are subscribing. In fact, I have a a beautiful staff member that monitors all of those analytics for me. Um, So my, my purpose of being grateful for you being here to listen is not because you are a number on a list. It's not because you are part of a goal to increase my listeners or to increase the number of subscribers, my feeling of gratitude for you being here is genuinely because I believe that you have been brought here. I believe that you have been brought here to listen to this episode, to be here with me in this moment in time, whatever moment in time that happens to be for you. So if you are new to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, if you are new to anything to do with me as Holly Marie, welcome, 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 welcome. If you are returning, I am so, so blessed to have you here, to have you return to this space, to have you feel like you are gaining insight and wisdom and connection to yourself by being here. Today, again, this is another episode with me, just little old me. In fact, not even little old me. This is this is like a big old me. <laughs> as a manifester, I always have this tendency to kind of refer to myself as little, you know, definitely this conditioning of I'm actually big. I take up a lot of space. I have a big energy and a big personality. So just thank you for allowing me to navigate through that. As I'm just talking that out loud, this is not little old me. This is big me. Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about rituals because rituals have a really, really significant role in my journey. Um, Rituals are in fact uh, reflected in my human design energy. I, I have the gate of rituals reflected a number of times actually through my chart. And 
that's really significant because the way that I use rituals is unique to me. But additionally, I teach rituals to other people and people often come to me for for a creation of rituals for, I guess, an explanation and a teaching of rituals that are really meaningful. So I wanted to spend an episode talking about rituals and and what they actually mean and whether you can use them and what types of rituals you can use. And and, um, if I get to it, a couple of little ways that I can teach you to have rituals, a couple of little ways that I can help you to have rituals. To start with, rituals in spirituality are something that are traditionally are really beautiful. And at their core, at their, their essence, the embodiment of what rituals um, anciently have been in spirituality is something truly magnificent. It's something so pure. It's something so real. And that's why we have these very ancient rituals in spiritual practice because they're so amazing, you know, they've, these rituals have been handed down over millennia. They've been handed down for thousands of years from person to person, from mind to mind, from energy to energy. Rituals are, in fact, woven into the whole fabric of our society and how we operate. And so when we talk about spiritual rituals, they are so fundamentally important to spiritual journey. But the real sadness for me is in seeing how rituals have been taken and twisted and turned into something ultimately really meaningless and and in a lot of cases really toxic. And that's because the whole purpose of rituals, the whole meaning and understanding of of what a spiritual ritual is and and what it's designed to do for you a lot of that has been stripped away. It's been very commercialized. It's been very, you know, let's let's rinse this down to its most diluted level so we can stick it on an Instagram post that gets shared a whole bunch of times. So an example of what I'm talking about really is um, most commonly in the spiritual space, we see a lot of rituals around the lunar cycle. Yeah, we see new moon or full moon rituals. So on a full moon, the ritual is really about um, letting go. It's about, you know, letting things out that no longer serve you, letting things go that are limiting you, that are not moving you forward. It's letting go of past hurts. It's letting go of limiting beliefs. And that's because that's really energetically aligned with what the full moon is about. The full moon is, is at its peak of energy, right? It's the part of the lunar cycle where um, the magnetic energy that is actually coming through the earth, this physical earth that we live on, is really pulling us to purge. It's really pulling us to to kind of let go. Um, if we understand the connection of the lunar cycle to the ocean tide, we know that the lunar cycle is actually what determines the tides of the ocean. And so when the moon is at its fullest, there is this big, strong pulling out of the tide. And I love to imagine that with these full moon rituals, that it's really, you know, pulling things out of ourselves, casting it out into the big wide ocean, back out into the universe because we no longer need to hold it. 
On the new moon rituals, it's the opposite. The new moon rituals is where the moon is new. It's where it's fresh. It's the commencement of the cycle. There is a lot of energy about manifestation, about dreaming, desiring. You know, we're, we're at the commencement of something new. Every single time, energetically, we have entered like a, a magnetized new state. So it's full of opportunity. It's full of freshness. It's where new currents are coming in, new potential, new things are available to us. And so these these rituals just around the lunar cycle alone, these rituals are ancient. These rituals have been around for millennia, right? These rituals are something that were created thousands of years ago and they had such depth and such purpose. It was about this true, most pure connection to the energy of the moon and understanding that it is there for us to collaborate with. It is there for us to co-create, to honor to to bring joy to and sadly what we have seen that turn into as a ritual where we've splashed it across social media where we get people who teach these rituals who don't really have a true understanding of what they are right is that now we get this watered down version of those rituals we get this watered down version of oh it's a new moon in a couple of days if you journal out what you desire, you'll manifest it. We get this ritual around the full moon. Oh, you know, if you write down the things you want to let go of and burn them in a bowl with some sage, then they're gone. And what we've done is that we've taken the purity away from it. We've taken the energetic depth away from these rituals. And this could be seen as this could be said, sorry, of, of really any spiritual ritual that is available. We are seeing this happening with rituals around meditation, right? We're seeing this happen with rituals around breath work. We see this happen most profoundly with rituals around manifestation, anything to do with manifestation. Because we have taken all of these rituals and we have, we've, we've filtered them, we've watered them down, we've tried to make them convenient, we've tried to make them really accessible. We don't want to put the energetic weight behind it. We don't want to do all of the inner work. We don't, and here's the key, we don't want to surrender to what's actually happening in these rituals. We want all of the profound outcome. We want the transformation. We want the co-creation of our reality. We want the change. We want the abundance. We want the blessing. But we don't want to do the inner work. We don't want to do the messy bit. We don't want to take the time to do that. We don't want to put the energy into that. And we don't want to surrender to the unpredictable emotion and reality of what that actually looks like. And yet in doing that, in creating this like, you know, fast food, this drive-through version of spirituality with our rituals, what we've done is we've sold ourselves down the river. We've sold ourselves out to say, oh, oh, I do these rituals. You know, I sage, I sage my house once every month. Or, you know, I, I put on some Palo Santo while I listen to Tibetan drums. Or, you know, oh, I, yeah, I meditate. I close my eyes and I, I breathe a few times. 
Or, you know, I listen to a guided meditation while I watch the sunrise every day. Or, yes, I do a salute to the sun yoga pose every morning. Or I have crystals on my bedside table. Oh, yes, I love holding my my rose quartz, you know, during the new moon. I could go on and on and on. But these, these are the types of things we do and, and what we've done in watering down the, the true meaning of these rituals in this kind of convenience essence, this, this hope that we have of, well, if I can just make it really convenient and really simple, then I can still get all of the good stuff without doing the bad stuff. We're, we're living in an illusion. We can't get all of that good stuff. This is the difference between eating whole fresh produce and getting McDonald's. Sure, McDonald's might temporarily fill you up, but you're going to be nauseous. You're going to be bloated. Your body is going to struggle to process it. Within an hour, you're going to be hungry again. You're not going to feel good that you did it and it will be a waste. But if you take the time to prepare beautiful, whole, fresh food, If you sit down to eat it, to enjoy it, your body feels nourished, your body feels good, you have energy, you have clarity, you have focus, you sleep better, your menstrual cycle moves better, your digestion goes better, your skin looks clearer, you transform over time. That is the same with spiritual rituals. And so just first and foremost on that alone, I would really encourage you to to be introspective. Look at what rituals you have got going on and whether you are genuinely doing those in their purest form. Or do you need to be learning more about these rituals? Do you need to be learning what these rituals are actually for? Right? Do you need to be learning more and teaching yourself more about what meditation actually is? Do you need to be understanding more what the lunar cycle actually means? Do you need to be developing a ritual perhaps around your menstrual cycle that has meaning to you instead of just being sparked by a meme that you saw floating around on social media? Do you need to investigate the history and origins of sage and why sage in your house actually makes a difference? These are the important things about rituals. And even I catch myself in this. I catch myself in trying to like quickly do a ritual. You know, I'll be like, oh, okay, I bought a new seat. I'm going to like sage it. So it just, it just gets rid of it. Instead of actually connecting with that energy, instead of setting an intention over that sage, instead of really using the energy and the, the air of that sage to connect with my ancestors, to call on spirit guides, to bring in energies that are clearing, that are harmonious, this is the purpose of things like saging. And so we need to respect the ritual. Here's the other thing that I wanted to bring to you, though. The only rituals that we have don't they don't need to be ancient I didn't say that well let me rephrase that we don't need to only have ancient rituals there we go we don't need to only have ancient rituals spiritual rituals are something that you can create for yourself spiritual rituals don't need to only be things that have been handed down for a hundred generations 
It doesn't need to be about the ancient art of Reiki. It doesn't need to be about, you know, the Wim Hof breath method. It doesn't need to be about, you know, a a piece of Palo Santo from a tree that is 700 years old. It doesn't always need to be ancient. We don't need to have our rituals handed to us by something externally. We can create our own rituals that are profoundly transforming and life-changing. I know for me, as I have allowed myself to have freedom in my rituals, to, to really come back to this core, this essence of rituals have to be meaningful. Rituals have to be pure. Rituals actually have to be about connecting to transformation. It's not about ticking things off a list. As I've come back to that, as I continue to to use rituals and I, I question myself on that and I hold myself accountable to that, it has changed the rituals that I do. I now no longer use guided meditation because I know that I am just taking in somebody else's energy and that to me is not what the point of the ritual of meditation is. The point of ritual, the ritual of meditation for me is about coming into connection with myself. It's about stillness of energy within myself so that I can hear what my body and what my soul are telling me. It's a decluttering, not an extra cluttering. So we can create rituals that give that to us. Perhaps you, you have a ritual around using the bath Perhaps you have a ritual around exercising. Perhaps you have a ritual around journaling. Perhaps you have a particular ritual that you use with the lunar cycle, with your menstrual cycle, with any other cycle. Give yourself the freedom and the permission to do the ritual in your own way without having to make it look like the ritual that everybody else uses. One of the rituals that I've really, really been digging lately is, and and I created a whole second business out of this. If you want to check it out, the business is called Soul Salt, so you can check it out on Instagram and Facebook. But I created a ritual around all of these core elements that we have that really support our body. They support self-care of our body, but they also allow us spiritual expansion. And so Soul Salts are a product that are Epsom salts. So there is magnesium from the earth. You put them in the bath that is water. There are essential oils infused into every soul salt. And these oils support a particular theme, whether that might be healing, whether it might be love, whether it might be self-trust, whether it might be intuition, a range of things. The essential oils are this gift from the plants. It's from the flora of the earth, these, these oils that are extracted to support these particular expansions and these growths in our bodies and in our spirit. And those oils are infused into the Epsom salts. Then there is a crystal, another gift from the earth, crystals that have energy to support exactly the same theme, all woven together with a mantra, an affirmation that is on a dissolvable piece of paper. So as you put this paper into the bath with the mantra written on it, it actually dissolves into the water and it comes all together. It comes as one. Each soul salt also comes with a guided meditation. So it brings you into clarity in this theme, in this space. 
This is a ritual that I created for myself because I wanted a way of bringing all of these really key elements in my life together. I respond to water. I'm a Pisces. I really, really respond to water. I found that magnesium was so supportive for my body and for my digestion and my muscles. I found that oils, when I could infuse them into my skin, were really, really helpful. I I don't find a resonance with oils in a diffuser the way that other people do. Um, I found a connection with crystals when I really understood what the themes and the qualities of that crystal were. I, I wanted to bring in affirmations and mantras because when I need mantras, when I seek out mantras, they have a profound impact on me. When I'm seeking to bring myself into transformation in a particular way, an affirmation gives me something to return to. It gives me something to focus on. And meditation always gives me access back into myself. So I created a ritual around that that is so powerful for me and, and was able to allow me to create a whole business where now I can share that one single ritual with other people all over the place and give them access to that as well. This is what rituals can do for you. And I know that we tend to have this mindset about uh, rituals and routines that, you know, we can only do rituals if it's like on the schedule, if we're routine with it. We, you know, if we're going to do yoga, we should do it every single morning. Um, If we're going to have a ritual around, you know, exercise, then it needs to be, you know, four times a week for half an hour at a time. If we're going to have a ritual around meditation, then we need to meditate for 20 minutes every single day during our lunch break, right? We love to create these very kind of human 3D structures around rituals. And again, all that does is that it strips the purity of the ritual. Let me give you this little piece of permission. Your rituals don't need to be on a routine. Your rituals can be completely outside of a routine. Your rituals are simply spiritual tools that you can bring together to support you in your transformation. As long as you are there with a surrender to the inner work, you are there with a surrender to the transformation, you are there with a surrender to the unknown, then the ritual can transport you through that. The ritual can give you what you need to make that transformation. So I would really encourage you in this moment, think about the rituals that you already have for yourself. Are they in alignment for you? Are you genuinely connecting to them? Think about the rituals that you want to bring in, the the ideas of rituals that feel really, really good to you. What feels right to you? What feels like it's transforming for you? What feels pure and grounded and good for you? And how can you really strip those rituals back to just their purity, just to their power? How can you individualize that ritual and make it unique for you? Your journey here in this incarnation is to find yourself and rituals give you the ability to do that. One of the rituals that, again, I have been playing with myself and I have just released out into the world, which is so exciting because, like I said in the beginning, part of my energy and my human design uh, is that I, I have the ability to teach rituals. 
I have the ability to demonstrate rituals to people and, and really have them connect to it. And I love that quality of myself. So one of the rituals that I've been playing with is a ritual around understanding my gates and how my gates in human design actually align with my astrology. So there is a planetary alignment for each one of your gates in your human design body graph. Um, each of your gates will fall under a particular planet and that's unique to the very minute of your birth. But what it means is that if you're looking at your human design graph, you'll see kind of a red line with a whole bunch of numbers and symbols down one side and a black line with a whole bunch of numbers and symbols down the other side. This is how your gates align with planets. Each planet has a theme. And when you understand that theme of that planet, for example, the theme of Mercury is communication. And so the planet Mercury is about this is how you communicate, this is what you are here to communicate, and this is what people hear from you when you communicate. And on your human design graph, you will have two gates, a conscious gate and an unconscious gate that align with Mercury. So one of the rituals that I have been playing with myself is allowing myself guidance from that. I have created cards. They're my ritual cards of each planet and each gate that I have underneath that planet. And so when I want to get really, really grounded, when I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm just not connected, I need to ground, I go to my earth gates and I say, oh, that's right. These are the two ways that I ground. When I want to communicate, I go to my mercury gates and say, oh, that's right. These are the ways that I communicate. When I want to really step into abundance, I want to be expansive. I want to expand my financial income. I want to expand my career and my business. I go to my Jupiter planet and I say, that's right. These are my two gates. These are the two ways that I do it. You see, this gives us guidance and we can use it in a ritual. We can use it in a ritual. I choose a new planet every two to three weeks. And then I focus on that. I focus on those two gates. Whenever I'm making decisions about something that I, I want to create or something that I want to communicate and express, I go back to these ritual cards and I understand this is the unique way that I do this. I don't need to fluff around with 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 experimenting and with guessing. You know, I'm a four, six. I don't love to experiment. I don't love to research. I just love to connect. So I use these gate cards, these ritual cards to do it. And I wanted to give people access to that. I wanted to give this very simple ritual, but very customized ritual to other people. I wanted to give it to you, the people who listen, the people who follow me, the people who work with me. I wanted to share this with you because this ritual is, is so powerful. This ritual is so unique to you. It's so expansive. It's so transformational. And so I have released gate guidance ritual cards. Yes, I have gate guidance ritual cards. And what these are are these beautifully designed printed cards that are custom made based on your specific human design chart. They get all put together I post them to you so they arrive hot in your hands. You get the glory and that joyous moment of like opening the box and getting your ritual cards. They are for you to refer back to whenever you need to. This is your ritual to use in any way that you wish to. You might wish to use it in conjunction with journaling. You might wish to use it in conjunction with meditation. You might wish to use it in conjunction with, you know, a new moon. Okay, this is a new cycle. Which planet am I going to focus on? Which theme am I going to focus on? And these are my 
gates, the way that I do that, the way that I express that. If this ritual sounds like, oh my goodness, I need it, I'm salivating, let me get my hands on gate guidance ritual cards for myself, just hit the link down in the show notes. It's all down there. Or if you've got your hands busy at the moment, you can catch me on Instagram at the Holly Marie and just hit the link in my bio. That'll take you straight there, right? This is so simple, so super simple for you to get your hands on. You give me the information, you make the payment, and then it all arrives to you. But I, I wanted to tell you about these ritual cards as a, uh, an example, a demonstration of be creative with your rituals. Your rituals can be whatever you need them to be. Don't do a ritual simply because somebody else does a ritual. Understand what spiritual rituals actually mean. Understand that rituals are about you. They are about your inner work. They are about your transformation and they have a profound impact on your journey to understanding yourself. So they have a profound impact on what you are here doing in this life. I could talk for days and days and days and days about rituals. I could talk for days about rituals because I love them so much. But if the gate guidance ritual cards really, really stand out to you, then please jump in to the link below or the link in my bio and get your hands on your own custom made gate guidance ritual cards. I would also love you to share with me what your rituals are. Reach out to me. You can DM me. You can screenshot that you are listening to this and share it on social media. Tag me at the Holy Marie. You can email me. Do it any way you like. I would love to have a conversation with you uh, about what are your favorite rituals? Why do you do that ritual? And what does that bring to you? Because when we share our rituals, we expand each other. That's enough. That's enough. That's 27 minutes of me talking about rituals, more than enough. I'm so excited to have had you here. I cannot wait to catch up with you in the next episode. And until next time, beautiful one, please, please honor yourself and keep hunting for purpose thank you for listening to this episode of hunting for purpose if you loved this episode don't forget to take a photo or a screenshot jump on over to instagram and tag me at coach holly marie on your stories or your posts so that i can share the excitement with you we will definitely be meeting again on the next episode but until then keep hunting for your purpose babe